Okay, Adam, we're locked in this room with only a block of cheese, a clown, and a duck. How do we get out? Oh, well, uh, first and foremost, it feels a little rude for you to call that clown anything by it other than its name. That's clearly my brother, Dan. Dan, get over here. Hong Kong. Do we What's give that? Dan the block of cheese? Um, maybe. Uh, Dan, eat this block of cheese. I'm lactose intolerant. Okay, Ooh. that 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 felt very Lucasarts. Um, uh, okay, okay. Uh, here's a duck. Dan, hug this duck. Uh, okay. Why not? Quack. The, the duck coughed up a quarter. <laughs> Sweet. Now we can open this coin-operated door. Yes. Ah, oh, level oh, one down. We did it. We mm. did it. Oh my gosh. Uh, Congratulations, Mike, Mike. What was the purpose of that convoluted intro? Oh. Well, let's just start off with welcome to Wazdi Warriors. Wazdi. Oh, that's how we're pronouncing it. Yeah, I was gonna say. How are you gonna say it? Oh, I was I was hoping for uh, Wazdif, but uh, Wazdi mm-hmm. also works for me too. Wazdi Warriors, yes. What does that mean? It means we are the kings of QWERTY, the regionals of the RAM, the minions of the mouse, the fledglings of the flight stick, and members of the PC pastor race. Whoa. I'm your host, mm. Middle Click Mike, and these are my co-hosts, uh, Alt Tab Adam. And uh, downshift Dan. <laughs> Dan's a car. <laughs> Dan's a car. <laughs> I don't know how you got to become a car, but... <laughs> That's great. Right. Ah, yes. Download Dan. What? <laughs> uh, when you hear retro gaming, you automatically go to that plumber or that blue hedgehog or that uh, bald-headed caveman, but not many have focused on PC games and their 40-plus year history. My goodness. What do you all think of that? Yeah, it definitely does feel like um, a a gap in the uh, the knowledge, and... um, Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about this a little bit later, maybe. So I don't wanna I don't wanna mm-hmm. you know, put the cart before the horse, but you know I think there are specific factors that kind of kind of just let retro PC gaming kind of fall to the wayside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of barriers there. Um, but a little background: we're part of a network called Campus One Eighty, a safe, loving, and passionate Christian community. <laughs> that wants to draw people near with good talks and greater life skills. So college kids, young adults, young professionals, head over to campus180.com. We also have a Discord just for gamers called 180 Fun, 180 Fun. We're going to have links in the description. Uh, we, we want everyone to just sign up and join um, and if you sign up to our 180 Fun Discord, or if you subscribe to this podcast, because I really, really need to know if this is uh, worth your time and worth your ears. Uh, so if you subscribe to us, or you give us a you know a nice little rating, a nice review, then you know that lets me know. Keep going, um, 
it's much better than cease and desist. So, yeah. So, you know, I just gave you a lot of homework, but anything you do for us, we love it. And, you know, just a little shout out to our cousin, our cousin podcast, Retro Logic, which is part of the Nintendo Dads uh, network. Uh, good friends. They always air all my stuff. And so I love them, cherish them, especially my good bud, Dan. I call him Dan Retrologic, but I swear he has a last name. Um, and it's a different Dan than me. Yeah, it's a different Dan. He is not on this podcast. So only one Dan allowed. Yes. I mean, unless his second Dan wants to be, but then he has to be called second Dan. Yeah. Right. Dan 2.0. Oh, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so he. He inspired me, uh, this other Dan, to look at games as a history and as a collection. He got me, uh, you know, obsessed and addicted and I need help. So, um, but that's another story. So whether, you know, you're listening to us on Apple, Android, Spotify, Ham Radio, just, you know, subscribe to us um, and we'll, we'll do something good with our lives. All right. Shall we get into the icebreaker? Let's do it. All right. We all get to talk about our games that we've been playing, wanting to play, desiring to play. It doesn't have to be PC. Um, It could be board games if you wanted to talk about. This is our non-PC or PC gaming talk moment. It's just open and free. Open and free. We'll start uh, with you, Adam. What have you been playing or not playing? Or not playing. Um, <laughs> I, I'm i very excited about the... Uh, and I haven't gotten around to purchasing it yet, but uh, I want to get the, uh, the new Nintendo Switch Sports uh, game that just came out. I think it released, like, last Friday. Yeah. Uh, at time of recording, April 29th, uh, 2022. I mean, I'm a huge fan of, of, of Wii Sports. I mean, is there a better uh, at-launch uh, game title than Wii Sports? Uh, I don't think so. Because, like, you know, the PlayStation 5 had, um, you know, Astro's Playroom. Uh, you know, like, there, 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 there are titles that launch. I think with the PlayStation 3 or the 4, it was... Um, what was it called? Little Big Planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that got turned into like games. But I mean, for yeah. me, Wii Sports, Wii Sports is uh, the best, and I'm excited to see if it translates to the to the Switch. Mm-hmm. I, I miss the days when a system would come with a game because that that lets you know that you could play it right out of the box. Right, right. Especially mm-hmm. if it was a it was a really good game. Yeah, but today's yeah, kids not... they have to install their new console and then they have to get Fortnite. <laughs> right, right. Hey, I mean, at least Fortnite's free. Yeah. And there's no building right now. There's there's no building. Yeah, you d- you don't have to build in the game right now. Well, you can't build in the game right now. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. I just thought it was a shooty game where people make okay. scaffoldings. They, uh, for plot reasons, they've taken out building and construction. Oh. Well, 
So yeah. they're one gimmick they got rid of. And it's become. I'm not going to say it. Never mind. No, I'm going to say it. It's become better because of it. Take that. Take got that. Him. Got him. Yeah. Got him. Um, yeah, Adam, finish your thought. I'm sorry. I got off on a tangent. No, no, you're fine. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see. Also, to see how the, the motions controls translate. And um, I just love Wii Bowling. That's all. You know, there, when Nintendo did not put an official bowling game on the Switch, uh, a lot of companies went in and they either made it look super cheap or like super complicated. And I just happened to download the cheap and the complicated version. So, you know, there's one bowling game where you have to like hold down a button and hold down another button that doesn't even like fit with how your fingers work. And then somehow align the, the stick to go in the right direction. Um, and then there's this other one where you just kind of flick your wrist a little and like 800 bowling balls come out. And both just feel kind of cheap. I feel cheated. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm also quite partial to the, to the sandbag boxing thing. Yeah. That they, yeah. That was on uh, Wii Sports. That one was a lot of fun. Yeah, boxing's great. Uh, what about you, Dan? What, uh, what games are you uh, looking forward to, to playing or currently are playing? Uh, a game that I've been looking forward to for a while. I haven't checked for an update recently, but I knew that there was going to be an Advance Wars port onto the uh, onto the Switch, and I was uh, I just remembered growing up, you, me, and uh, our buddy Sam. Uh, we would <laughs> have sleepovers, staying up until like three in the morning, uh, playing Advance Wars against each other in computers. And man, uh, those were the days. Uh, but I'm just looking forward to uh, try and get that onto the Switch. I know it's been delayed once already, uh, but it's basically a uh, real-time strategy game similar to uh, StarCraft. But yes. you can't More build bases wherever you want. There's uh, like uh, airports, there are military bases, there are cities and stuff and you get points for capturing and uh, destroying other people's tanks um or was it no it's turn-based right yes it's turn-based it's turn-based yeah um it's oh, it's, it's been a, a long it's a time like XCOM if you're trying to find yes. a computer uh mm -hmm. it's more like XCOM not uh, I was thinking of a different game mode in that where you get to play as like a tank or an artillery guy and you get to run around on a map. Do you remember that, Mike? I, as a game mode on Advance Wars? Yeah. I, Advance, or I think it was a dual strike one. Uh, you know, I don't actually know. I've never gotten into Advance Wars Except for maybe like oh. a demo kiosk at Walmart. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So. Yeah. No. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but something I've been playing a lot recently. I've been playing a lot of uh, 
a similar game to Fortnite called Apex, uh, and also um, a MMO called Lost Ark. Ooh, tell me mm-hmm. in one sentence why Lost Ark should blow away all other MMOs. In one sentence. You can make that it, was it. <laughs> um, oh. It is good. <laughs> it good. Uh, <laughs> good. So, uh, there's... Uh, there's a, I personally think a very unique, um, uh, not skill, um, what's it called? Um, like skill tree, not a skill tree, like, a uh, weapon person style, uh, that you can play as, uh, and it's called the gunner. He basically just runs around with a giant artillery piece, and I think that's just ridiculous, and I love it. And every other game in the world should have that. Yes. Have you ever played Torchlight 2? I have. I love Torchlight. Everybody loves Torchlight. It's the Diablo we always wanted. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, So I have been... I just, it's my birthday, so some, you know, the mother-in-law gave me a a birthday money to spend, and um, I told Lynn, this is what you're getting me for my birthday, and then I ordered it on eBay, Um, and what I got is, you know, you know how um, the, the Wii, or the Switch isn't made for human hands, you know, it's made for, like, (laughs) gerbil or hamster hands um well i finally i finally had it up to here with all this like young arthritis i'm going to get and i just got this <laughs> thing called the the pro pad the hori pro pad and it's humongous um but you know my thumbs they finally have breathing room and it you know it just it feels so good that i can finally do um I can finally do gaming like on a normal controller, but it's still portable. Um, you lose you lose the rumble feature and you lose the gyroscope feature, but you know what you gain in actual room for your fingers and actual uh, a thickness to the pad it just makes up for it. <laughs> and, yeah, that's where I've been. Yeah, I've been playing mm-hmm. Ultimate Alliance Three on the Switch. Oh, nice. Which lines? Yeah, it's you know I wanted to play something. Yeah, I wanted to play something that the Switch had exclusively, and I'm really surprised. Like the PS and the Xbox hasn't been like, oh, can we have that? Uh, makes me think that like they don't want it for some reason, or maybe it didn't do so well. But um, I think the the third one is pretty critically well received. That's what I'm thinking. I'm not. I'm not crazy about how small the characters are on a portable screen. Uh, you know, you can't really tell who you are. But, you know, other than that, it's a very solid game. Yeah, it's got a a 3.9 out of 5 from Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> That's not helpful. <laughs> no. Well, Walmart loves it. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Metacritic gave it a 73 out of 100. GameSpot gave it an 8. IGN gave it a 7.8 out of 10. Yeah. It's it's right in the you know it's right in the the zone of pleasure. Yep, yep not yep. displeasure. No, I totally agree. Um, no, that's awesome. And mm-hmm. uh, it, funnily enough, it's probably one of the more recent superhero games to actually get launched that haven't gotten delayed, like Gotham Knights or uh, <laughs> uh, Suicide Squad or. Um, you know, the new Spider-Man game. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy living in a comic book world today. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, another game I got was called Sakuna Rice and Ruin. You play this goddess who... Uh, she's like a real brat, so she gets banished to this demon island. And now she has to help a family like get food and grow rice while destroying demons and uh the better you grow rice like the better fertilizer you use and water control the more power you get (laughs) that's cool yeah it's really cool and it's got some it's like you think it would be like they either fail on the rice part or they fail on the the fighting part but they actually do pretty well in both so um i'm actually quite happy with the results I think it's I think it's the Stardew Valley of the ADHD crowd. That's beautiful. I love that. Mm. Man. All right. So, time to jump into our hot topic. Oh boy. So, today's hot topic is, well, you know, it's all about our podcast. Um that there really isn't talk about retro gaming on the PC. And, you know, that the consoles have swallowed up the whole entire market for retro gaming. Um, You know, you do hear about YouTube channels that talk about old computers from 1995 and what it's like to put new games on them or old games. Um, But, you know, as far as, like, a game collector perspective... Um, the PC, which has the largest market of any gaming console, because um, you can pretty much get games 40 years plus on it. Um, no one really talks about collecting games. And so my question is, why? Why, why is this not a thing? Why are we the ones talking about it for the first time, it feels like? Man, um, at least for me, um, I think it's, I think it's twofold. I think one, for um, for PC people that play games, I think it's, um, why play, uh, you know, why play Hearts of Iron one or why play Kings in General one where you you can play, you know, Civ six, you know, yeah. It's, um, you know, PC gaming's been around so long and you know, people have you know, their their preferred games, but you know, usually the the most up to date game has all the things that they like about their old the old ones, so there's no real point to going back to 
like yeah, like an older version. Like why why would you play like an older version of Roller Coaster Tycoon when you have you know better mm-hmm. a newer better version? And mm-hmm. I think for for pretty PC exclusive games, I think the games like that come out more regularly than they do for um, console games. So like you know every once in a while you might get a, a remaster for a game, but mm-hmm. you know there's only like what you know six halo games you know there's that many roller coaster tycoons like right um so i i think pc games have a, a good track record of of updating themselves so mm-hmm. people don't really feel the need to to want that um, right. also secondly i i think it's um it's easier to just play older copies uh mm-hmm. if you want to play like like there's a whole thing involved if you want to play like a retro like N64 game like you have to you have to go find and you have to go find a console and you have to go find <laughs> the game and then there's there's like a whole mystique around it whereas with like a PC like you just have to find a ROM somewhere like you don't even have to collect it you don't even have to own it uh That's true uh you can just mm-hmm. go and you just go and find it and uh, you can play it online. There's probably a Flash version of it somewhere. Like you don't even have to, like you don't even have to to download it. Or it's already in the Steam store for like three bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, you can go, you can go and download it super easy. So, um, and yeah. So it's, it, it, and there's not like a like people aren't looking to buy like a, a Macintosh or uh, you know. Right. Uh, you know, uh, a ray, uh, like a ray tube <laughs> computer monitor to play backyard football on it. You know, <laughs> like it's, it, you know, it's just, it's just not necessary. You just find a ROM and you just play it online or uh, whatever. Like it's, it's just, I think there's just easier ways to get to the content that you that you want. Yeah, I mean that is definitely one of the barriers. Um. But everything you mentioned is actually the reason why I want to go into it. Um, There is a whole market of physical uh, CD games. And I don't know if it has to do with Windows 11 being just super compatible, but I've gotten them all to work um, with some various degrees of just installation problems, which is probably a a a bullet through the foot of why people don't want to do it. Is because yeah. you know the installation is is tricky, but at the same time, I I with minimal knowledge of how this all works, I got most of them working to their to the reason that they were supposed to work, and so I feel confident going onto eBay and looking for the you know. The games and their original, with their original manuals and their software and all that, the box art, um, which I think I think that's the treat of being a retro collector is getting all that stuff. Um, you you know, people definitely prefer getting it in the box, putting it on display. Um, and there's, yeah, people don't really do that with computer gaming. It feels more natural with a Nintendo cartridge than it does with pulling out mm-hmm. a DVD case of uh, Supreme Commander Forged Alliance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, 
Dan, do you do you have any thoughts? I, I have I have two more things that I want to toss in there, but I want to give Dan a chance to. Yeah, to well, well so funnily, funnily enough, I have two things too. Uh, with along with uh, what you guys have said, mm, I think number one, just with PC culture of it's uh, like what Adam said. Uh, they're always looking for newer and bigger and better. Uh, but that also goes for like computer parts itself uh, and building of computers. There's a whole subculture of uh, computer building, keyboard building, and all that. And then people are always looking at trying to see what games they can uh, play on ultra graphics setting with 200 fps uh you know like it's not that hard to have uh going back to backyard uh baseball or backyard football uh, <laughs> it doesn't take a lot it doesn't take a whole lot to have that running at the highest graphics setting uh hey, and i'm fairly certain it's frame capped at uh 60 frames if not lower yes <laughs> um uh, 4K backyard baseball. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> Old Pablo <laughs> <laughs> with his belly button sticking out. Uh, that would be beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. I'd want to see every single hair on uh, all those, all all the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and secondly. Um, it's just so much easier, like Adam said, to get um, there. If I just bring up my Steam library itself, um, I have 64, no, 60, what's 59 plus 7? My brain's so slow. 65. Yes. 66. Yes, that too. Yeah. I have 66 games on my in my Steam library. Um and I have also have an Epic Games Store. I have uh Amazon Games. I have um there's so many other places that you can get games on. Um they all are always having sales and whatnot for games that you wanted to play last year like right now all the Monster Hunter games are on sale for like 20% off or something like that. Um so I'm I guess is I'm I'm double dipping a little bit but I'm about to play uh some Monster Hunter Rise with my buddy Sam. Uh um, yes. coming up. So it's just like it's so much easier to get the games that you wanted and even for the quote unquote Xbox exclusives like you can get them on PC. You can get the quote unquote um uh PlayStation exclusives on the PC. Um, yeah. So it's just there's so many more games that people are like, yeah, we have our favorites, but there's also like uh who wants to play some Elite Dangerous? Oh yeah, I'll play that today and then tomorrow mm-hmm. or an hour from now I can be like, you know what? I want to play some Paladins with some friends. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Everything you guys just said, I think, is the strengths of retro mm-hmm. gaming collecting for PC. 
Uh, one is you can you can be on a budget. You can be a digital retro collector, and I know that sounds funny, but you know I am reliving my PS2 days through the GOG store catalog, which I spend like two four dollars, and I get like five PS2 games. Yeah, so, totally. And so I absolutely love that. The fact that I don't have to buy a PS2 and like go turn into like a, a treasure hunter to get that game um, is like it really works for my budget. I know it's not as fun for the true obsessive um, collector, but like it just it gives me hope that I don't have to go console hunting that like even the crappiest computers can play the games that I'm looking at. Um, the other reason well, is that the the community, when they want uh, to see a game get made, they do like this fan project that remakes the game. Like um, Fatalis, Arcs Fatalis. They just like a community just said, hey, we want this game. So they made it. <laughs> and you know, it was cool with the developer. They're like, yeah, yeah, you go. I mean, try try doing that on a console. Like, uh, excuse me, Microsoft, we wanted a Halo, so we made a Halo. Oh, you know, cease and desist. <laughs> you're, you're all going to jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I, I guess, uh, you know, I'll just leave, uh, leave it with my, my last two cents. I think one... Um, technology, at least for the everyday PC user, um, they just don't have a, a CD-ROM drive. So I think that mm-hmm. makes it you know, difficult yes. for people to want to try to collect hard copies if they want to go that route. So you know, you're kind of forced into being a, a digital only. And I know that that's not always the most popular with retro people. And then nope. last, last but certainly least, not least, uh, is I, I just don't I don't think that there's a, a a culture around PC gaming until more recently within the last, you know, 15 years or so, as opposed to, like, if you enjoy Sega, you love, you know, you've, you love the Sega Genesis, right? Like, you, you love that specific console, you collect all the things for that. There's not really um, something where you can point to to be like, oh, yeah, this is, you know... The, the accepted PC canon, you know what I mean? Like, there's, you know, you know, if you have a, you know, if you have an N64, like, you, these are the games that you kind of have to get. These are what, uh, you know, the Mario represents. This is what Goldeneye represents. All these things. With like PC, it's just kind of like, okay, well, there's not like a a mascot, right, that you can point to. Yeah. There's not, there's not like a a franchise that you're like, oh yeah, this is exclusively a PC construct. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. I mean, there's there's some things uh, you could point to, like yeah. Team Fortress or Quake or you know uh, whatever. Or but those, you know, it's not it's not the same. Yeah. 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 You know, every time PC gets something special, the console people are like, you know, we want that. You know, and that's that's usually what happens. Uh, but now, now I feel like it's the opposite. You know, now that uh, Switch is getting good things and Xbox and PS, um, you know, the computers are like, ooh, ooh, can we have that on our Steam store? And so, it's it's a whole big menagerie now. 
nothing feels exclusive. And for the record, PC does have uh, Jazz Rabbit or Jack Ra- Jazz Jack Rabbit <laughs> as the as the the logo. I mean, yeah, mascot. Mascot. Yeah. I mean, even even just saying PC, it kind of you leave out all the uh, you know you, you leave off half of all computer users like people. People that have Macintoshes or, you know, grew up playing on Mac, like, they have memories of playing games like Myst, which are, you know, very, you know, cornerstone video games. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when you say PC, like, it's it's already just so divisive and it's just, like, PC is just so huge, you know what I mean? There's not, like, one central mm-hmm. governing identity. Right. And, which I feel like we're on new and fertile ground. Like, we could be the pioneers that get people interested in, um, you know, just buying old or like not as high end computers just to put old retro games and hunt for retro games. Um, like I've, I've been doing it for two weeks and it just feels, it feels endless. Like I could do this hobby 24 uh, seven if I wanted to. Yeah, and, no. mm-hmm. go for go it. Go I was gonna say, there's um, it's such a vast hobby that even just trying to weed through it all is just it feels like we're trying to cut through the Amazon rainforest. Um, <laughs> with the Amazon score like, with a with a pen knife, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and and it's mm-hmm. it, I think it's just really cool and a lot of fun just to like look through like what what was and uh, what is coming and just like seeing the direction that video games have uh, gone for the past uh, like what I'm said the past forty years or so. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a whole website called myabandonware.com, which I think we're all familiar with. And I'm not sure about the legality of it, but it's based on the fact that if a gaming company hasn't done anything with a a, a series, it's considered free um, to the public. And no one's really fought them on that. And the guys at the, the website are very, very careful about if it's on sale in a store, then, you know, it's not on sale for theirs. But, you know... There's a big gray area on whether that's legal or not, but I would say um, that that website alone um, is just like just leafing through the, uh, you know, they have the whole history of PC games, of abandoned PC games, I should say. Right, (laughs) right, right. Like, who remembers Area 51? Not the arcade game, but the first-person shooter voiced by David Duchovny. That's no one. incredible. <laughs> oh, and it's also voiced by Marilyn Manson. Wow. So who remembers that? No one. But, you know, it, you know, our job is to make sure it doesn't get lost in obscurity. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I, I guess that's one of the things I'm most looking forward to in the, uh, with this podcast is kind of re- rediscovering some maybe lost gems. But... Also, maybe start to to define a, a real canon for PC gaming, something that people can point to and 
compare to and, and, and maybe say like, oh, hey, like, you really like XCOM 2? Well, then you'll you'll love, you know, this game. Or, you know, if you really love Madden, well, hey, here, try Blood Bowl. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I, I, I love the uh, the idea of being able to do this for people. All right. Awesome. So we're on board. Let's do it. Anyone with $2 in an old computer can be a retro PC game collector. Amen. And in the future, I want to tell people, because uh, we'll be definitely getting free games, you know, that have been made by the community or released by the publisher. And I want to tell people in advance what we're playing so that they can they can be part of it, too. You don't have to look through the bargain bin of a garage sale to find the things that we're going to be playing. Though sometimes it might be a $2 game on a GOG or Steam store. But even then, I mean, have you seen what these guys are willing to pay in the retro gaming community? Mm-hmm. I was yeah. about to say. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So I was talking with, with a buddy of mine who likes collecting games. Uh, and apparently, Adam, our copy of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time Master Edition was going for like 50 bucks. Yeah, oh, hold it's for a Zelda game, mm-hmm. actually. Is this uh, GameCube? Yep. yep. Oh my gosh, keep your hands on that. All right. And do. Yeah, I, like, I probably know guys that would give you their kidney for that. Oh no, sorry, $150. Okay, that sounds better. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's like old um Legend of Zelda game guides that go for like a hundred, two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Speaking of crazy, let's play our first game. Um are you guys ready to compete? Oh Let's yeah. Let's do it. All right. So th- I'm here to win. Yeah. This is called Guess That GameSpot Review. I don't have a fancy name for it yet. Um, GameSpot <laughs> is a website that's been around for a long time, and I used to get all my computer and console game ratings from there. I thought they were fair. And so uh, I, I dug into the website to find some games that I want you to guess the ratings. Um, and what they do is they have a 1 out of 10, you know, with a death, decimal value. So it could be 1.1 1. 1 or 9.9. Um, so if you can, the closest person to get to the score of the game that uh, GameSpot.com gave it to um, will be the winner of that round. But if someone nails the score 100%, um, they get to change my name on Discord. Oh, boy. Yeah. So if you want me to be Grandma Loves Cookies 420, um, that could definitely be my name if you guys nail it. Okay, I can't wait. All right. So our first Mm -hmm. round. Is Tomb Raider 3, made in 1998, um, and I, I give a little tagline to kind of give you an idea of what this, what it could be. Lara Croft offers more of the same. 
Ooh. Oh man. Ah, that's that's difficult because like that could be that could be a, a positive or a negative statement. Yeah. Um Lara Croft three. When did it come out? Nineteen ninety eight. Okay, so that was still era one PlayStation, right? Yeah. Um I'm gonna say <laughs> that there's like this time period where like reviewers just were really bad at their jobs and everything was just like like everything was like a ten. Uh <laughs> called IGN syndrome. Yeah. Uh and uh I think this is just like I think this is right there. I think this is like a they they went crazy, gave this like a an eight point seven. Ooh, eight point seven. Okay. Um, Dan, you wanna go higher, lower? Well, I I, I just wanna talk through a little bit of my thought process. Okay. Um, cause cause you you also have to think about it. What who was like the icon of uh the early game people uh were like, oh, this girl's beautiful. I love this person. It's <laughs> it's Lara Croft, right? It's Lara Croft. Uh, yep. And like the uh, what what was the quote that you said? Your tagline? Uh, Lara Croft offers more of the same. Uh, so it's just like there's there's more Lara Croft, and like that's exactly what they wanted at the time. Uh, they probably couldn't care less about the actual gameplay. Um, so I, I'm actually going to go higher than Adam, uh, and I'm going to go with a 9.2. Whoa. 9.2. You ready for the answer? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, GameSpot says that in a negative way. Oh. The way that Lara Croft does not offer anything new, so they gave it a 6.9. So... (laughs) Adam, you are technically the winner of that round. All right. Incredible. Starting off strong. I love that our first one is a 6.9. Um, yes. <laughs> man, that's crazy. I mean, right. it, definitely, it definitely feels like that should have been at the time where everyone, where, you know, game producers could, could do no wrong. Right. But apparently, the third one did some wrong. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, the next game is Raymond Forever, um, which is a port of the PlayStation 1 uh, slash Jaguar. Um, it's a more complete version of the Raymond 2D side-scroller. Um, it came out in 1999, and this is what they have to say about it. Casual Raymond fans will want to pass on this collection while diehards and aspiring level designers will have a good time. So apparently it came with a level designing. Right. Um, I'm... I'm gonna go... I'm gonna go with a... I'm gonna go with a 7.2. 7.2. Excellent. Dan, higher or lower? I want to go a little higher. 
Um, oh. But not too much, because... Uh, you know, well, price I'm is conflicted. Right, yeah. No. 3.3. Uh, I... <laughs> so I'm conflicted right now, because my, my brain is saying um this is the precursor to you know the the halo uh level design you know uh, mm-hmm. the forge island and all that but i think it came out too early for people to really like level design uh besides right. like actual programmers but at the same time there wouldn't be a reason why halo and microsoft um and bungie uh at the time would want to put it into their game if people didn't like it inside of uh, Raymond. So I'm I'm a little conflicted. And you said seven point two, right? Yeah, you said seven point two. That's actually where my brain wanted to go on it. <laughs> so it's like, do I do I think that Bungie like? Uh, I think I want to go higher because my brain says Bungie wouldn't put that into the game if players didn't find that interesting in Raymond. So I'm going to go oh. with a 7.5. 7.5. All right, interesting. You're basing Bungie's actions on a 2D game that was popular on the Jaguar. Mm-hmm. Here's the truth. Um... It got a 6.9. Oh, come on. <laughs> yes. Apparently GameSpot was giving out 6.9s like they were, you know, water. Going out of style. Yeah. yeah. So, Adam, you nailed that one, too. Perfect. Okay. So, the next game is an oldie but a goodie called Diablo. Ooh. Oh. Translated Spanish Satan. Um, <laughs> Diablo, 1997. Diablo is the best game to come out in the past year. Whoa. All right. So what, based on that, what do what you think year, it is? What year did it come out? 1997. <laughs> oh, man. Um, one year after Super Mario 64. If this is also... Yeah, I think so. If this is, if this is also 6.9... Man, what a what a drought of games that must have been. Um, this one seems a lot more positive. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go nine point six. All right, Dan, higher or lower? I'm gonna go lower, uh, just because I've been shooting way too high apparently. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with an eight point nine. Ooh, eight point nine. Wow. Well, are you ready for the truth? Yes. Mm-hmm. Adam, you nailed it right on the head. Yeah. Oh. 9.6. Yeah. It, um, it always feels like games that are masterpieces. So, like, you know, Ocarina of Time, those get tens. Uh, and then games yeah. that are, like, just, like, games that will be masterpieces when people look back on it. But it's too soon to tell. So, like... You know, like uh, God of War, the most recent one. They, those always get like nine point sevens, but then yeah. games of the year are always nine point six. That's the range for me. That's that's how I I figured <laughs> in my head. Right, absolutely. 
So, Adam, uh, should I prepare to call myself Grandma's Cookies 420? Uh, no, your name is going to be Ricardo. Ricardo. <laughs> Ricardo. All right, so look for Ricardo on uh, the one, 180 fun chat. Well, I, I have a question, Mike. Are there more games yes. that you're going to be asking us? What if I get one? Right you get on the to nose? overrun his review. Like, what? Okay. Yeah. So you get to be. You get to say not Ricardo, and that would be my name. Well, all right. Let's figure it out. You know, we have Final Fantasy VIII for the PC. Okay. Oh, um, came out in 1999. Final Fantasy VIII. For the PC is a completely inadequate conversion of an attractive yet problematic console role-playing game. I don't... I don't even know... what happens in... It's the one uh, with the... They all have spiky hair. Black spiky hair, and he has the the revolver sword thing. Yeah, it's the adult-looking one. Is that... Mm-hmm. Is that Squall? I believe so. Mm. They all have fun names. I can't the remember. One, it's the one before Tide, right? Or Tidal? Whatever his name is. Um. Yeah, one of those guys. Um. Man, this is this is one of the forgettable ones. And Final Fantasy is always tough when it gets ported over. I feel yeah. like. There has never been a good port of Final Fantasy, nope. um, except to like Nintendo for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, ah, man, this one's this one's tough. It doesn't seem favorable. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four point nine. Four point nine. Dan, how do you feel about this? <sighs> so I I really like Final Fantasy. Um, but I agree that Final Fantasy VIII is typically one of the lower-rated ones, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's very forgettable because uh, it's not very good. Um, oh man, times have changed. You know, back in 1999. There was a lot of talk about this more realistic Final Fantasy blowing away number seven. No, no way. Yeah. Now when people look back, they're like, oh, yeah, that's the forgettable one. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I am going to go a little bit higher than Adam. Okay. And I'm going to go with a 6.3. Oh, wow. All right. You ready for the truth? Yes. Mm-hmm. Adam, you went too low. It's a 6.7. Oh. oh. Dan clinched that one. Mm-hmm. All right. I was... And now for <sighs> our final game. Okay. okay. All right. Um, should I go obscure or familiar? I don't know. I don't, Which do you think would be more competitive for us? You know what? I'm going to... I'm just curious about this one. All right. Rainbow Six Raven Shield came out in 2003. What? Okay. 
Um, despite its minor flaws, Raven Shield is still a very impressive addition to the series and a very worthy heir to the Rainbow Six name. Is that the one where you got to command a squad? I think that's all of them. Is that all of them? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't this... play Rainbow Six. Yes. No, I know it's... exactly what you're talking about, Dan. Mm-hmm. Um. Man, uh, read the review again. Despite its minor flaws, Raven Shield is still a very impressive addition to the series and a very worthy heir to the Rainbow Six name. And when did this one come out? 2003. Man, the fact that I don't remember this is throwing me off. I think it was Uh, after Rainbow Six 3, and this was like a standalone slash add-on. Not sure where it fit into the... uh, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to go with a, an 8.4. 8.4. All right, Dan, how do you feel about this one? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go with my immediate gut reaction, and it's mm-hmm. lower, and it's going to come out to be a 7.8. 7.8. All right. The truth is GameSpot really liked this game, gave it an 8.7. Ooh. Which is funny. I had it backwards. Yeah. It's it's no. funny that you start off a review with despite its minor flaws. That doesn't sound like an 8.7 game, but that's what they gave it. Right. Yes. Now, for our tacked-on game, uh, this one's going to be really quick, and then we're going to talk about our game of the week. So... Um, this is called Real Mod or Fake Mod. Did I make up this mod, or is this a real mod you can get on the community? Uh, for those of you who don't know what a mod is, it's a it's like a bonus graphic or feature you can put onto a publisher's real game. It's a um, modification to a game. Yes, it modifies the game. So, um, our, you guys have to answer as one team. You have to come up with a Okay. An answer. So you're you're playing against the dealer. Um, My so problem the, is I want. You, is you want all these mods? I <laughs> I am going to say yes to all these mods because I want all of them to exist. I love mods. So in Skyrim, so this is the first one. Skyrim is super mega mod. Uh, you can turn the dragons into 1980s Macho Man Randy Savage. Is that real, or did I make that up? Man, uh, if this doesn't exist, it should. Um, I don't. I don't think it's real. I just don't see. I just don't see how how it could work. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if there's a will, there's a gamer. For sure. For sure. It's one thing. To have, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine, uh, you know, there's, like, no arms or legs that you have to program in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So you guys are voting on fake. I think it's fake. All right.
Yes. Yeah. So we we both say nay. Yeah, no, no. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Um, there is a mod where Waluigi is a selectable character. Man. See, this one's complicated for me because the internet loves Waluigi. Yes, yes they and, do. And uh, I'm... I think it's fake, uh, but I want it to be true. What do you think, Dan? I can be, I can be, I can be swayed. How recent is this game? Um, this game just came out. Um, I don't. I want to say like five years, four years ago. It's probably the best Dragon Ball fighter that's, on the market. That's what I thought it was. I think that's well within the the Waluigi hype, and yep. uh, because it's a Dragon Ball Z uh, fighter game, they're all memesters. Everyone who plays this game loves memes, and they make memes. They make their own memes. Just based on that alone, I think it's just like a Waluigi skin over like Gohan or something. Maybe adult Gohan with Waluigi's sounds tacked onto it. Yes. So I think it's true. I think it's real. Okay, you guys have to come up with a consensus: real or fake? Uh, I'll, 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 I'm not convinced one way or another. I think the internet is dedicated to its memes enough that it's possible. So I'll, I'll, I'll concede to Dan. All right. Okay. And finally, Street Fighter Five, Chun Li is replaced with Nacho Libre. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'll concede to that. All right. So for Skyrim, you said there's no way anyone can turn dragons into Macho Man '80s Randy Savage. That is true. Yeah. You, that, no, I mean, and it's a real mod. Oh. <laughs> it it won number one in most obscure mods. <laughs> All right, and the, yeah, Mister Savage looks pretty messed up as a dragon. That's funny. Um, Resident Evil Three. You can turn the main female protagonist into a sandwich. You said true, and it is true. You can do that. Yeah, yeah. Half Life. All scientists are Sylvester Stallone, complete with Sylvester Stallone lines. You said that was fake, and it is fake. Yeah, I knew yeah. it. Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Waluigi is a selectable character. You said true. It is true. Yeah. Yes. And finally, yeah. Street Fighter V, Chun-Li is replaced with Nacho Libre. That is fake. Oh, boo. Boo. Boo, I say boo. Alrighty. No, it makes way more sense for it to be in Tekken and for King to be replaced with Nacho yeah. Libre. It's true. I think uh, you Chun Li was supposed to become. It was a different mod, but I just chose Nacho Libre. Perfect. Yeah. So three out of five, not bad at all. Adam, you won the guess that GameSpot review, and you get to change my name to Ricardo. Yes. All right. 
So let's go to our game of the week. Um, who here likes Monkey Island 2, Lake Chuck's Revenge? <laughs> is that is that monkey sounds or are you raising your hand i can't tell both uh, so monkey island 2 a lucas arts point and click game actually came out early 90s it was on the amiga but also the pc as well right um LucasArts was known for point and clicks. They did, obviously, the first Monkey Island, The Secret of Monkey Island. Um, and then they did Maniac Mansion before that. And all these games were loved uh, by the community. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that we'll uh, you know, come back to visit several LucasArts games because you know, there are just <laughs> gems on top of gems in here. Like... The Grim Fandango and Day of the Tentacle, oh. and uh, you know the the list goes on and on and on. But need to have a Lucas Day. Yeah, it you know it's it's also really funny to think about Lucas Arts doing anything other than Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know for a while they were better known for this stuff than any kind of Star Wars IP. Right, and. With the amount of comedy they do, you'd think George Lucas was better off as a comedian than a serious sci-fi. Well, I don't, how, I don't know how involved George Lucas was specifically. But. <laughs> Did he do anything? <laughs> I, just, I feel like uh, Star Wars was an idea he brought up, and then we just carried it for 40 years. No, for sure. Uh, but yeah, no this this game is this game is great, and um, also uh, brilliant news. When I was doing some uh, research uh, mm-hmm. for today's topic, apparently there's a game, there's a a sequel that's supposed to come out this year. Ooh, it's called Return to Monkey Island. Really? Okay. So. My story is I got this free off of Amazon Games because I'm a Prime member, and I yeah. got the remastered version. Yep, yep, Though yep. they do show like a few clips of what the old pixelated version is. Right. Um, I have to say that my version was a little bit cleaner, probably a lot less cumbersome in the options menu. Did anyone get a chance to play the original version? No, I, don't have, I didn't have access to that. Yeah. I didn't either. I know that the the old versions had like the list of commands at the bottom. Yeah. And you had to figure out which command, but in this new one, all you had to do is like right click and it says, oh, you can talk, you can push, you can pull this person. Yeah, definitely quality of life. Yeah. And I I, I mean, I mean, do we want to, you know, do we want to get right into it? I mean, yeah. Tell me why you love slash dislike slash adore this game I mean, like right off the bat i mean the writing for this game is absolutely bar none brilliant like it's right. just like the the jokes the uh the callbacks the you know even even just like references to stuff that people are still figuring out today uh <laughs> like it's you know it's it's you know the the, the strongest point for this game is its writing and um, 
it's just it's just one of those things where you could tell the people that were working on it loved what they did. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and it it just you know it just oozes that it just oozes that and you know Guybrush Threepwood is you know everything you want from a a nineties protagonist. Uh, you know he's the Luke Skywalker we wanted. Uh, uh, yeah, like he's you know he's irreverent. He's um he's sarcastic. He's he's definitely a a, a fighter with his words rather than his physical body. Yes, uh, and uh, yeah, just all the the characters are are just so brilliant. Um. And the art too. The art on it is like even you know in the remaster game it looks really nice, but even in the original, the art style is really really cool. Uh, very kind of, um, very reminiscent of the era. Kind of painted, uh, beautifully animated. Um, yeah, no, that's that's why I love it. What about you guys? I am so impressed with the fact that there's so much dialogue. Like yeah. that must have been a labor of love because talking in games, especially in the early nineties, was not is not easy. I know the PC had a great head start on it, but um even adding all that much dialogue where people were talking must have been, you know that must have been like one of the hardest parts. Right. And it's not even just dialogue, it's like Okay, like if this person, if the person playing comes back exactly eight times, we'll record something different. Right. A lot of and it, it wouldn't even have to be important to the plot. It would just be like yeah. you're talking to the bartender, and you're like the bartender just be like, okay, stop asking me for that for yeah. the last time, and then you just something happens as a one-off. Like right. It's, and half the stuff like. You know, you won't even discover it because it's you have to click on it a million times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if you give the cheese to one guy and it's not the right guy, they're like, oh, you know, uh, I don't want to give it to him. He's ugly. But if you give it to this other guy, I don't want to give it to him. He smells. So, like, they picked a line for, like, each item, even if it's the wrong li- like the wrong item. So, right. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't even know how they had the time to do it all. But yeah, no, the the voice the voice acting is, you know, brilliant. Mm-hmm. What about you, Dan? What do you what did you love about it? I I, think I know we kind just, of took everything. Uh, yeah, um, just the nostalgia factor too, because it brought me back to uh, when I first really started playing video games. It was on the computer. Uh, this was before we had Game Boys, and we were doing like Pup Putts Adventure. Um, where in the world is um Harvard San Diego? Harvard San Diego, yeah, like all those like children's like point and click games on the computer. Pajama Sam. Hmm? Pajama Sam. Yeah, Pajama <laughs> Sam, yeah. So just like that nostalgia of just like bringing me back to when I was a kid. Um and I, I just thought it was so awesome and fun. Um and then just obviously it is a little bit more adult. <laughs> Than uh, Putt Putt's <laughs> Adventures or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the word crap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but just like the, there's actual dialogue that you can click through. And one of my favorites, I don't know why, but the woodchuck uh, conversation that you can have with the carpenter. Yeah. Wah. 
just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. That's Uh, great. Like I kept touching his stool and he just kept yelling at me. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Or trying to steal his hammer. Yep. Right, right. Uh, You know, now that we've glowed about it, um, you know, and I, I definitely think it's just uh, a product of its time, but like the the user interface, especially on the uh, the original, you know, mm-hmm. isn't you know isn't the most friendly, uh, and uh, switching between menus and being sure to find <laughs> items can be difficult, especially on the uh, the original. Also, like our our skit at the beginning kind of betrayed. It's just like some of these puzzles, man. Like how how did anybody think? to do this right this is what i want to talk about is like there's no context clues for a lot of the puzzles and i don't know if this was like if you hit h you get a clue like you get a hint and if you keep spamming h they pretty much tell you what to do and i was doing that for most of the game um for example um you're supposed to get a bucket of like sludge um, and you're supposed to put it above uh, Largo's doorway so that when he opens the door, it falls on his head. Right. That way he'll go to the, the, the laundromat and so that you can take his clothes. But like, there's nothing that shows you that that's what the game wanted you to do. You were supposed to know that the bucket goes above the doorway with no context clues. We didn't even know that the doorway was selectable. Right. Yeah. But, you know, if you hit H enough times, it's like, put the bucket above his doorway, and when he walks in, it'll fall on him. Right, right. Um, yeah, so, like, some of that stuff is, is difficult. And, you know, especially when that you think about the time that that came out, like, you know, there weren't game guides. You couldn't go find a playthrough on YouTube. Yeah. Like, the only way that you could figure this out is if you had you know, a a friend's older brother's uncle who beat the game, and it was kind of apocryphally told through the playground, right? Yeah. Like there's, you know, there's, you know, there's, or you just had to figure it out. Uh, yeah, you, you had to go into every room, pick every inventory, and just click on every part of the room until something happens. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah for, for, for sure. And you know, I, I think maybe that's, you know, part of, you know, why some of these games have, have not, you know, trans- translated into the modern era. I think it's, uh, yeah. um, however, you know, s- some of these guys, and when I was doing research, uh, one of the producers, I think it's, yeah, Dave uh, Grossman, who worked on um, the... Curse of Monkey Island. Uh, he went on to uh, work at Telltale Games. So mm-hmm. um, aspects of the point-and-click adventure, you know, did live on. Uh, but I, I think they took they took all the good bits, uh, the the writing, the, mm-hmm. uh, the the characters, all that sort of stuff, and they they translated it into the, the you know the Telltale Games era. Right. And I think that's the the modern evolution of the point and click adventure. But um, I, I would say that point and click adventures now are, are easier and more accessible because now you have access to play guides, you have access to to walkthroughs online, and it's right. not as frustrating. 
Yeah, the the younger me, which was probably more resilient, just because he had nothing to help him, right? Um, would have he would have done the the labor of just going into every room, clicking every item, seeing, do can you use this? Can you use this? Right. Um, the part that the part that irritated me the most was that you know there's a the, that one part of the level where the chef is cooking something. And it's like, oh, I need to get this guy fired. So I wanted to put the bucket of sludge in the soup, which would have got him fired. But, um, you know, Threepwood kept saying, no, that won't work. That won't work. Right, right. And what you later had to do is you had to capture a rat and put it in there. And that's what gets him fired, even though equally a bucket of sludge could have done the job. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Oh man! Well, yeah, no, that's it's definitely uh, it's definitely this game's a gem for sure, and I, I, it feels good that we're 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 starting here because, you know, mm-hmm. of, um, I I would say the if there's a game genre that defines the PC, it's the point and click adventure, uh, mm-hmm. like the it just this sort of game just doesn't translate to a console or, um you know to to a handheld uh and i i think of all the the games that exist in the the point and click universe um i think this one you know the monkey island series specifically the second one i think is really the yeah. uh you know the the cream of the crop yeah so apparently ps2 came out with an escape from monkey island and you can get it for ten dollars on eBay. So, um, but I remember it being decent. But you're right. You know, these games were meant to be played with a mouse, not a left stick. Right. No. For absolutely. Um. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely think that these, um. Yeah, that that this game is, you know, on. If you were to ask me if what was my my Mount Rushmore of PC games, um, mm-hmm. I would probably I would strongly consider this to be one of them. Yeah, and like even though the game can be frustrating with not giving clues, and you can you can count that to like today's gamers, they want their hands held. That's that's okay. I'm okay with that judgment. The fact that they have a hint line um, at least assures you that you can you can enjoy the whole thing, even right. if they're like they're feeding you all the clues. So, and, you know, and it's it's almost to the point where it's like this game does not frustrate me enough where I want to rage quit. Like I could actually see what's uh, how the how it, I actually kind of want to see how it ends. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What? Um, any other thoughts before we uh, we move on? Cool. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. So, I am going to skip our second hot topic because right. I, I think we could kill an hour with just that talk. Maybe we'll bring yeah. it up. Yeah. Um, just a real quick non-game chat. Uh, yes. Just, you know, life isn't always about video games, so I like to ask some non-game chat stuff. 
Um, just go around, go around the circle. What did you guys want to be professionally when you were young? Man, what a what a great question. Um, I mean, I I think I I went through a just a gambit of stuff, but I I think the the one that kind of really stuck with me and I almost made it um, kind of like a a real career was, you know, I fell in love with Indiana Jones. I loved the idea of being an archaeologist. I loved history. And, you know, I almost pulled the trigger and took the the step to be a a history teacher. But um, ministry called and I answered and, um, you know, that's, you know, that's a decision um, that I didn't end up taking. But yeah, no, I think archaeologist slash uh, anthropologist slash history teacher was one that I, uh, I I wanted to be as a kid, especially with a, you know, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to whip, I wanted the whole nine yards, I wanted to fight Nazis. You know, I, I loved, yeah, I loved being an adventurer. Now you fight the Nazis of the soul. Exactly. <laughs> Ironically, just Nazis. Yes. <laughs> yep. What about you, Dan? What did you want to be when you grew up? I I had a gambit of stuff too. Um, I I remember my my very first thought was I wanted to be a uh, a jet pilot. Um, and then I wanted to be an astronaut. Um. Then I wanted to be a mad chemist. Um, Not a happy one? Uh, no, I wanted to have my own lab in a dark and dingy castle with uh, a thunderstorm going on around me, pouring chemicals into different vials. Not too far off from what you are now. Well, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave that up what, to the listener's imagination. What is he? <laughs> what is he? What is he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what what stopped me from wanting to be like an astronaut or like a pilot is I found out all the paperwork that you had to do before having uh, being allowed to do anything. And mm. I was just like, nah, I'm good. I'm out. Writing. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. And, and if I wanted to be an astronaut, I needed a reason to do anything. So I was just like, but what if I just wanted to put on a spacesuit and go outside? Nope. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. My, my sister told me that uh, the minute you go out into space, you if you're not properly trained, you poop your pants. And that, you know, <laughs> that killed. That killed it for me. Um. But That's growing... not too different from now, though, for me. Yeah. Right. The <laughs> moment I, I step outside the my front door. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, um, I wanted to, there was a, a gambit of things. I wanted to own a pizza shop yeah. while being a professional basketball player. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know which would fund which. Like, would the right. pizza shop fund the basketball or would the basketball fund the pizza shop? I don't know. Right. Um, but then I also wanted to work for Nintendo's tip line, which was like 10 cents a minute telling kids using auditory instructions how to beat their Nintendo games. <laughs> awful. Yeah, it is awful. And I used it once, uh, the Nintendo tip line. And I probably, like, 
when I was nine years old, I, I wanted to know how to beat one level in Mario Brothers 3. I gave the most vague description of what was happening. I was like, uh-huh. it's a level with moving platforms, and I can't get on one. And I'm sure the lady who was making bank off me was like, oh, you, you just got to run and jump higher, honey. You know? That's really funny. It's so, it was so bad. It's... Like I, I, I was part of a scam, probably worse than a Ponzi scheme. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I love that. yeah. I mean, that was also something I, I really thought about doing growing up too. Like I, I wanted to be a, um, you know, I, I had a Nintendo Power, uh, addiction. Like I'm sure a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I just loved. I mean, and and. The, that probably also is what inspired me to do a lot of what I do now with mm-hmm. podcasting and stuff like that, but just reviewing and talking about games um, and not just as like, oh yeah, I love video games, but as like, no, this is an art form. Like this is, you know, a, a video games deserve to be critiqued like movies yeah. or shows or music. So um, yeah, definitely. Guys, we need to do uh, like a pro tip podcast, like and have episodes <laughs> like uh, you know Elden Ring Dungeon Four, and say things like go down the hall, go down the hall. All right, take a left. All right, evade, evade. That would be a great idea. <laughs> uh, I'm playing a game, but I can't see the screen. You guys see the screen. <laughs> Yeah. And you have to tell me what to do. Yes. Um, I have an idea. It's similar to yours, but it's we release a podcast of us giving people instructions, but no context to what the game is. And then people <laughs> have to guess what the game is that we're giving tips for. <laughs> all right. All right. Or now we the... give instructions without saying what the instructions are for. So it's like we tell someone how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yes. Yeah, it's for games. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'd say things like, okay, now the pigeon has to ask out that girl. Ooh, okay. Oh, what's that bird dating simulator? Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, anyways, anyways, this is... Uh, you know, if if you guys like us um, in the community, if if we see that you're following us and, you know, you want to hear more, we're blessed by that. Thank you so much for giving us the time of day. Um, as you know, we're probably on your favorite podcast listening platform. So hit us up with the reviews. Uh, we'll be on Podchaser eventually. Uh, let us know that this is something you want to hear more of because this is a trial episode that lets us know that uh, you know, this is something that the, the world wants more of. Um, in the meanwhile, go to our 180 Fun um, pod, or not our podcast, our Discord, and, you know, enjoy our gaming community. Next week, um, around Tuesday, um, I think that'll be May 10th, I will be either twitching or slash YouTubing, probably twitching, um, an old retro PC game. It, I hope it's. I hope I do the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, uh, which is an open world Hulk game. I've been, yeah. I've been itching for that one, so I hope it's that one. Anyways, yeah, that one is make. Oh, sorry, fists out of cars. Yeah, yeah, that one. 
So I really hope um, that'll uh, that's you know check our description for our Twitch page. We're oh we have a full Twitch schedule, so and we just want you to be a part of it. Anyways, Adam, Dan, anything you want to end on? Man, uh, yeah, just keep playing, keep playing games, and uh, let us know uh, what games you want us to check out in the future. Because you know we have a we have a list of games that we can think of, but the beauty about uh, PC games is that everyone has that one game that nobody knows anything about, and uh, mm-hmm. we'd love to check that out. So if you have any game suggestions, hit us up with that. Yes. And in two weeks' time, when I do a podcast, I really want to look at the free game that was re-released by the community called Arcs Fatalis. So if you download that game, just look for the free download in Google. You can play it alongside of us as we talk about it. Anyways, my name is Ricardo. <laughs> I'm Adam. And I'm Dan. Downshift Dan. All right. I'll see you guys later. Goodbye, moi. Good night.